Today, on Commitment to Truth. Someone comes to know Jesus Christ, there should be some immediate proof that you're different. Immediately, there should be some distinctiveness that says you're different than how you used to be. Or on the job, you just run into total strangers and they just say things like, what's, what's different about you? That's the proof of you being influenced by the Word of God. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. Book of James, chapter 1, and this is the question we're going to answer today. This is how doers of the word avoid the drift. This is simply how doers of the word of God avoid the drift. And I want to encourage you, if you like, pick up the sermon series via our podcast, via our church app, website, etc. If you like to go back to move forward. But for the sake of time, we're going to read verse 21 through 25. It says, therefore, ridding yourselves of all filthiness and of all that remains of wickedness and humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls but prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was but one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer, this person, man or woman or child, will be blessed in what he does. And I'm sure everyone in this room and under the sound of my voice would want to be blessed. Will we agree? So let's answer the question, how does Doers of the word avoid the drift. Here's the first found in verse 21. Doers of the word of God are men and women who always exercise humility. Exercise humility. How does this look? Well, the word humility here means this. To exer- exercise mildness in disposition. It's a gentleness of spirit. This demonstration of gentleness is not a weakness, but in power. Humility is that We accept God's dealing with us as good and do not dispute or resist him. Think about that for a minute. Doers of the word have to come to a place in their lives to say this. God, I may not like what your word says, but I'll do it. It may make me feel uncomfortable. Matter of fact, it will say to me, to do the direct opposite of what I want to do, but I won't push back. I will humble myself and do it. If a follower of Jesus Christ doesn't get to that point in their lives quickly, the rest of your life will be very, very difficult. A follower of Jesus Christ will always hit the proverbial intersection of the road of life 
that ultimately says, will you do what God's word says for you to do or will you not? Now, here's the challenge. Will I do what the word of God says to do in every situation? What I do with what every part of the word says for me to do, not what I select. This is humility. This is the exercising of humility that says, God, you know what's best. I don't. Your word is truly a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there's this exercising of humility. Another key word to help us understand how doers of the word exercise humility is the word receive. Because there's this receiving of the word. What does this mean? To receive favorably the word. In other words, again, I may not get it all, but I will always receive it favorably. It also means to give ear to the word of God, that I will always listen to it, right? It means it's to embrace it, to make the word one's own, that even though, again, that there's parts of me that do not want to own it, I will make it my own. It also means to approve of the Word of God. It also means, lastly, and we don't reject any part of the Word of God. When we receive the Word of God and do not reject any part of it, it's an exercise of humility. Simply saying that, God, you know what's best in all things. I will follow you. You see, let's say it this way. Doers of the word never reject any part of the word of God. Even if they do not completely understand it. Even if you do not completely understand it, humility says, I will still favorably embrace it. Because remember that what the scripture also says to you and I, we understand in part, we know in part, and we understand in part. So on this side of heaven, we will always be a people who will only understand partly. But humility says, that part I don't understand, I still trust you. Verse 22 Doers of the word of God are progressively proven. You see, it says, prove yourselves doers of the word. Now, chances are we'll be able to prove ourselves in certain parts of the word of God progressively. In other words, theologians call it progressive sanctification. In other words, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will immediately sanctify, set apart, you're different. Just because of the impartation of his Holy Spirit. You are different. You think differently. There's a different conviction on the inside that God gives one who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But the challenge will be we're all encased in this flesh. We'll all have temptations to do what we shouldn't do. But over time, progressively, we should be more and more sanctified, more and more set apart, or in this particular context, more and more proven. When, come, when someone comes to know Jesus Christ, there should be some immediate proof that you're different. Immediately, there should be some distinctiveness that says you're different than how you used to be. Anybody experience that? You come to know Christ and your friends just look at you and say, something's different about you. Or on the job, you just run into total strangers and they just say things like, what's, what's different about you? 
That's the proof of you being influenced by the word of God. Makes sense. So what should then happen is there's this progressive proof that happens in a believer's lives. Prove yourselves doers of the word of God. The word prove begins this way. Begin to be. There comes a place in a follower of Jesus Christ's life that you must begin to be a doer of the word. Start somewhere. Right? You can't keep living life not doing the word of God in certain areas are areas that are difficult that somehow disproves. You follow me? You see... Can you imagine a husband walking into the room, sitting down with his wife, and he says things like, hey, I'm different. Just trust me. <laughs> now, she's either going to say it or feel it, something like, prove it. Prove it. You keep saying you're different. Prove it. And that's what happens in a believer's life. Over time, we can't just live on his reputation alone. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I'm a Christian. Especially today. It doesn't carry much weight, unfortunately. We have to be men and women who progressively prove that we are who we say we are. So there has to be this beginning. So again, it's, it's wonderful how this word progressively communicates how one should be proven. So it says, so you must begin to be doers. You must be made doers. So there's going to be certain areas of your life that chances are the Spirit of God is just going to interject into your space and time and make you do what you should do. You ever been there? It's kind of like God just provides his grace. He's tolerant. He's tolerant. He's wait. He's slow, right? And, and he just, he's just waiting for you just to get it right. But then he says, okay, will you take it too long? Let me help you. <laughs> right, he'll put people in your life. He'll allow certain, certain, certain circumstances, right, to help make you who you should be and who you know you should be. So again, we should begin to be. We'll be made to be. And here's, here's another a beautiful definition of this word, proof. You are finished. There comes a time in a follower of Jesus Christ's life that you must be complete in a certain area. You got to get it right. You got to get it right. If we're going to prove that we are who we say we are. There's certain things that in our lives that enough is enough, and we got to get it right. Right? I, keep, I can't keep telling my family, well, well sorry, I, can't, I keep losing my temper. Huh? Well, you know, that's just who I am. That's not going to fly in people's lives. Well, you know, that's just me. That's the problem. just you. <laughs> right? And it should be more of him that is seen. So again, began to be, God will make us, 
And at the end of the day, there must be this period in our time in our lives that we are finished in a certain area. Then it leads to the final definition of proof of men appearing in public. It's almost like God progressively deals with us. Okay, listen, okay, I know, I know you're having a tough time with this. We can deal with it privately. Right? Have your, your, your private spats in the halls. You know, husband and wife, kids, family have the issues. That's where it starts. Because they know us the best. Right? You say you love Jesus, the way you act in public is not the same as at home. Anybody have those conversations? Private, 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 begin to be private, private, begin to be made private, begin to make, be made private. Okay, you probably should finish this thing because we're going to go public soon. We are created to be put on display. Young or old, listen, you are created by a living God. And, and the presence of Jesus lives within you to put you on public display. That's the end game, church. The end game is to put you out on display so others can believe. So they can say, man, he's the real deal. She's the real deal. And I want every part of who she has. Doers of the word are progressively being made and finished by the word of God. Amen? Exercise humility leads to this progressive proving that we are who we say we are. Then verse 23 and 24 gives us this. Doers of the word just don't forget who they are as well. It says he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. He should never leave church and just like say, oops, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, here we are in our devotional time, and we're posting it all on Facebook and social media. Hey, you should read this. Look at this quote, this verse. And we forget. All we need is somebody to cut us off in the road, treat us unfairly, and we have selective amnesia. Right? So, <laughs> right? so we can be men and women who forget who we are. It's, and the weird thing about it, it says he has immediately forgotten. It means that we've immediately neglected. We no longer have caring, this caring of what kind of person you really are. There's certain encounters we have in life that we're like saying, hey, you know what? I really don't care about how this makes me look, how this, how this affects the reputation of Jesus. I'm just so concerned about how I feel right now. Or you're not respecting me, you know, as a man. I don't care. You're not respecting me as, as you know, as, as a father. I don't care. You're going to respect me. But then, you know what happens? Then we provoke them to anger. Because you don't respect me. We forget who we are. 
forget who we are. You know, we, we oh, oh, I just need my husband. He's not loving me. It's Christ loved the church. And, oh, I can't believe it. And you, you're just so needy and right to be loved. But you forget that respect and submission is also part of it. And you have to be cautious with your words and facial expressions and all those things that comes along with emotions. I mean, it's, it's every context of life. Every context of life, right? Well, why am I not getting promoted? Oh, you know, I always get passed over when promotion comes. Maybe you haven't proven to be who you say you are on the job. Maybe you haven't performed for the glory of God. Maybe your performance has been for man. As James and the scriptures talked about being men pleasers. You will get passed over every time if you are a man pleaser. You can't forget who you are. We don't go. Listen, followers of Jesus Christ don't go to work just to get money. Can't forget. No matter how many bills pile up and how many needs you have, you can't leave the word of God and forget that, oh, oh, God is measuring my heart. You can't forget that. And then months later, say, well, why don't I have enough? Why why don't I have enough? Right? Not showing self-discipline. Then, God, why don't I have enough? Why? Because we forget who we are. God hasn't changed. It's every area of our lives that we have to be mindful of and sensitive of is that I can't forget who I am. I cannot forget who I am and whose I am. We're forgotten. Here's the last part of the definition. There's this immediate giving over to oblivion. It's kind of like just totally oblivious to everything. And lastly, think about this, the way this is, is worded, uncared for. So it's almost like we <laughs> leave the mirror, didn't even look to see if our hair was together, you know, our buttons were on straight, tie was straight. I just leave and I look uncared for. Like I haven't even spent time in the mirror. Have you ever heard someone say that? It's like, did you even like look in the mirror today? <laughs> and it's almost like that's what God asks us sometimes. You know, the way you're acting right now, did you even look in the mirror? Because you look uncared for.
verse 25, first part, doers of the word always find liberty in the scripture. It says there's the law of liberty. You see, here's the wonderful part of the word of God, or wonderful part of, of maturing in the word of God and conceding to the word of God. The word of God, as you read it and apply it to your life, should never feel like you're on lockdown. That you feel constrained. That you feel hindered. That you feel unfulfilled. That you feel like, oh, why do I got to do that? Oh, you know, all this doing is just making me, oh. And you just feel fit to be tied. Because the word of God says whatever. Should never be that way. A doer of the word of God always finds liberty in the scripture. Even if you don't understand it. Even if it's complicated. Even if in your mind is irrational. There's liberty. You have to get to a point in your life that the word of God is liberating. There's, it's freedom. It's not... A bunch of do's and don'ts. But it's the very breath of God. Is that when you sit down to read it and it's instructing you, it's, it's like you're having this, this personal conversation with a holy God and such a privilege to have it. Versus feeling like, oh, that's something else I can't do. Huh? Right? That, that's the, the tendency is like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, why, why is it telling me to do that? Well, why can't you do that? You know, why is it tell me to submit to my husband before he tells me to love him? Or, you know, whatever, right? And why is he tell me to love her before, you know? Why is he tell me to honor my father and my, my mother? And you don't get it, God. They weren't good to me. For some... It feels constrained. It feels unfair. Honor those in authority. Well, you, you, you don't get it. I don't like that political party. Well, he, he, when he was writing the scriptures, political parties, <laughs> you follow me? His word usurps everything. Should be liberty. The word liberty means this. There's this true liberty in living as we should, not as we please. It's like, man, it's really good to live as I should, not as I please. Because over time, what you'll find as a doer of the word of God, living as you should will become very pleasurable. Exercise humility should be progressively proving that we are who we say we are. We can't forget 
who we are. We can't look in a mirror and then look uncared for. We must be men and women who just enjoy the liberty and the freedom that is found in the word of God. And then lastly, we find also in verse 25, doers of the word are blessed in what they do. So what I always like to do when I read the word, I say, I ask myself questions. Well, God, if I'm not blessed in what I do, could it be that I'm not a doer of the word of God? It's just that black and white. Now, you, you may then, like any one of us who are sinful, you may say, well, no, no, but I, but I do this, but I do this, but I do this, but, but you don't do that. And what we also neglect to realize is God doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't play math games with us. You follow me? In other words, well, God, I'm doing that, so shouldn't you bless me here? What God would do, like any good parent, is say, no, I've asked you to do something randomly over here. Something randomly over here that's now affecting the very thing that you want to be blessed in. <laughs> right? Well, God, you know, you know I, I need some extra income, so your word says I should tithe. So you start tithing. But then you still are not blessed financially. Right? It could be, well, where's your motive? Number one. Number two, oh, by the way, uh, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church and gave you very life for her? His very life for her. Because that's just as important, or probably more important, than you tithing to get what you want. Doesn't mean tithing isn't appropriate. Doesn't mean that it's not biblical. Doesn't mean that it's right. Doesn't mean that he doesn't honor his word there. But he also honors his word in every other area in your life. And he doesn't play these pie games that, okay, well, if you just do this section, then everything else will be okay. No, he's looking at your entire life. And are you willing to be a doer of the word of God in every area of your life? Then you'll be blessed in what you do. Now, again, please underscore. Remember, we said that, that there will be things that by his grace, he will say, okay, I'll give you time. That's the grace of God. He says, I'll give you time. Because I know this is a complicated thing for you right now. I get it that you have some scars of your past and childhood trauma. So I'll give you time. But you got to end it one day. Because he died for childhood trauma. That also has to end. You know, you can't hold your your third husband hostage because of your first husband. You can't. The 
has to end. It has to. It has to. Because God looks at all of that and he's died. He died and he sent Jesus for all of the above. If you want to be blessed in what you do. And you have to go to the extreme to say, God, if I'm not being blessed in something that is super important to me, I have to take inventory of what I'm not doing. Listen, you may be waiting for your son or daughter to come to know Jesus. That's part of a blessing. But is your relationship so tarnished and broken because of you that they don't even want to talk to you? Something's wrong. So once you then back up to say, well, God, well, how do I repair this? On this side of heaven, how can I just repair the relationship with my son or daughter that when they pick up the phone, they will be okay just talking to me? As father and daughter, father and son, that they'll just be okay talking to me. Not about Jesus, not about you need to be saved or anything like that, but just to talk to you, that they're picking up the phone, not ignoring your call. Something's wrong. Step one is repair the relationship. Repair the relationship to a point that you are proof that Jesus is who he says he is. And that takes humility to say, well, you know, they don't respect me. They don't call me. They don't pursue me. To humble yourself to say, you know what, God? I don't care if they never call me on this side of heaven. I'm going to always pursue them. I'm not going to be the reason why. I will be the proof and every reason why they will one day follow you. And that's in any relational context. It could be a sister or brother. It could be a mother or father. It could be anybody where relationships are breached, and you're just believing God to do that blessed thing for you. See, the word blessed means this, possessing the favor of God. Do you have the favor of God in your life? Just take a quick inventory. Do you really have the favor of God in your life? If you don't, why not? It's that state of being marked by the fullness from God that, you know what? You can just look at your life and say, yeah, I just know that I know that I know that I know I have the fullness of God in every area of my life. It also means this in in being indwelt by the Holy Spirit because of Christ. Now listen, it says, and as a result, should be fully satisfied no matter the circumstances. Does your circumstances always have to change for you to feel 
satisfied. Something's wrong. You got to ask yourself the question, well, God, why, why do I always have to have this, 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 this going well for me? Or, or why can't I be fully satisfied no matter what's going on around me? In other words, why can't Jesus be enough? And if he's never enough, you got to ask yourself the question, why? And chances are it will be directly connected to, are you doing what is written? Are you beginning to do? Let's even start there. Are you beginning to do all that is written and all that he has revealed to you, right? Because he even says, this is so, such the grace of God. To him who knows the right thing to do and does it, do it. To that person, it is sin. What says progressively, there are certain things you may not even know is the right thing to do or not. He says, I won't even hold that against you. But once you know and you don't do it, then there's an issue. Exercise humility should be this progressive proof. Don't forget who you are. Liberty is always found in the scriptures. And we should ultimately become men and women who understand that, you know what? My works are promised to be blessed. That everything I put my hands to is promised to be blessed. But here's a caveat. Doers of the word of God pursue God for his heart. Then he somehow, somehow gives us his hand along with it. But if you always look it for his hand and not his heart first, chances are you will always be waiting for his hand to move. How do I know this? Psalm 1. Verses 1 through 3. Blessed are favored and satisfied is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Just as it's progressive for us to obey him, it is also progressive for us to disobey him. You see it here. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk. in the council of the ungodly who stands and eventually posture changes what? Sit. Ungodly council has my undivided attention once I start sitting. It's always the danger. Progressively listen, listen, listen while I'm walking, while I'm moving. Eventually you got my full attention once I stop. I'm looking at you square eye to eye, then I sit down, I'm done. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. Then he will be what? 
like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. His leaves do not weather, and whatever he does, he prospers. Three things you, you have there as a promise. Four, you'd be like a tree planted by rivers of water. But from that, you'll yield fruit in the season, which says to you and I, everything's not going to go well in every season. But you don't panic. You don't stop doing. Because you're in a difficult season. You don't forget who you are because you're in a difficult season. Because the promise is you will yield fruit the right season. Then it goes on to say that your leaves will not wither. So as you're waiting, there will always be life. There will always be life in you, through you, on you, upon you. And lastly, and whatever. Didn't understand the word is very clear. It says, whatever you do. Whatever you do, you'll prosper in it. But you must delight yourself in the law of God. Doers of the word of God will be blessed. There will be seasons of more fruit, seasons of less fruit. Seasons potentially with no fruit. But your leaves will always be green. And whatever you do, you're prosper. Thank you again for listening to our latest sermon series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.